to the Snow Fighters Institute podcast, where we hear directly from some of the most interesting people in the professional snow and ice management industry to learn about their successes, to hear about the challenges they faced along the way, and to have their perspective on critical issues facing our industry today. I'm your host, Phil Harwood. Before I introduce today's special guest, I'd like to invite you to follow our social media feeds and check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. All right, well, welcome everyone, and um, I'm very excited. Um, we have a special guest today with us, uh, Kimberly Gottschalk from Garrick Santo out in the Boston market. And I've known Kimberly for many years as an advisor to their company, and I've seen her in different roles in the company and just really mature into a leader. And um, so I'm just really excited to have her as our guest today. And Kim, why don't why don't you just take a minute here in the beginning and just um, say hi to everyone and uh, introduce yourself a little bit and maybe talk about you know the, the the business just briefly and you know I obviously we'll be talking about that throughout our call today but um, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself right now? Hi, uh, thanks for having me, Phil. Um, so I'm 27 years old. I work for my parents um, at Garrick Sandro Landscape Company. I'm currently the office manager. Um, I handle all their accounts receivables, I help with payables, and I'm the next generation, hopefully taking over for my dad and financials. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. The first thing you said was I'm 27 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is cool because, um, you know, next gen person in the industry, you know, up and coming, looking to transition you know, over time and, and mm -hmm. that's the plan. Right. And, um, yeah, so, so I think your perspective is really unique. I don't think we've interviewed anyone else with that. That's in your exact, uh, place, but I think this is, you know, well, I, I shouldn't say, I think, I know this is happening all over right now, all really throughout the world, yeah. but certainly in the U S where, you know, this big generation of baby boomers is, is facing retirement and they're either selling their companies or planning to, or they're they're looking to involve the next generation. And, and that's exactly what we're doing at Garrick Santo. So it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens over the next couple of years, but I know it takes a lot of hard work, you know. Yeah, so you, you grew up in this business, obviously, um, 40 years now. Garrick Santos been around for 40 years. Is that correct? Yeah, my dad started in um, 1981, and then my mom came on uh, shortly after, once they yeah. got married. So all you've ever known is your parents running this business. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> like My best friend says to me, like, hey, Kim, uh, Garrick Santo is not a personality trait. <laughs> like that's not normal. And I'm like, well, for my family, it was, it always was. So, so over the years, what, what, what were some of the ways that you were involved in the business? So growing up, um, my brother and I's elementary school was right across the street from their shop. So if we weren't with grandparents or babysitters, we were most likely at the shop. Um, weekends we were at the shop, uh, there was ever a snowstorm my mom would say pack up your stuff for school the next day like you're sleeping in the car 
you're coming along. And that's kind of like what we did. Yeah. Up until I was able to drive. And then I started kind of taking care of where my brother needed to go and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, growing up, if we were there, we would be stuffing envelopes, scanning, filing, like just little things. Um, and then it was really once I went to college that I kind of knew that this is something that I wanted to do. I don't know if my parents actually took me seriously then, (laughs) but like, I knew that, you know, they built this great company. Um, and I, like there was a position for me here. Like, why can't I help take this along? Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Suffolk University. And you studied what? Uh, entrepreneurship with a minor in legal studies. That was mostly focused on real estate because I find mm-hmm. that really interesting. Um, my dad thinks it was more for legal. And so mm-hmm. he kind of helped me go to law school. And after a year and a quarter, I'm like, yeah, no, this isn't for me crying every day. I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> well, but you learned some interesting things and you're applying oh, yeah. that now because mm-hmm. um, tell us a little bit about some of the things you're involved in outside of the business with real estate. Yeah. So um, one of another person who works here at Garrick, who's a part of the next generation, um, Steven Santo, he and I am also my mom. We have a like a real estate group and we flip houses. Um, we're currently on our second one right now, which is exciting. And hopefully we can kind of keep this going as well. In your spare time, because you have nothing yeah. else to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, what about like positions in the company over the, uh, tell us what you're doing now and and tell us kind of what that's looked like over the past, like several years that you've been involved. What's, what's it been like for you to, you know, progress into the position mm-hmm. you're in now? Yeah. So over the last, I think I've been here. It's going to go on to five years. So when I did graduate Suffolk and I was kind of here before I went to law school, I'll be completely honest. I was just fooling around. Whenever I came into the office, like I was listening to music, dancing around. No one really took me seriously. I did that to myself. Um, And then I didn't like how people didn't take me seriously. So I kind of snapped out of it. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be here to help. And I started taking over the maintenance billing for my mom. She was doing all the billing at the time on top of do like reviewing all estimates, doing estimates, making sure the construction enhancement side was like run because she was running out at the time. And I'm like, if I can take this little piece away from her, maybe she'll have more time for other stuff. Um, and so that's kind of developed over into now I do all the billing for um, the maintenance side, the enhancement construction side, as well as the snow. Um, and in between then and now, um, I also do the payables. I review all the bills before uh, my dad pays them and all that stuff. And I also implemented uh, LMN software within the company. Mm -hmm. So over the last four years, it's been a lot. It's totally different from what I thought I would be doing um, after college, but I think I'm good at it. I like it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. You've really stepped into the office in a big way to really get your arms around all the accounting and, and getting more involved in the financial side of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, it's been, it's been really cool to see you do that. But, um, you mentioned, uh, having a brother involved. So what is, what is, tell us about your brother and a little bit about him and what he's doing with the company. Yeah. So, um, my brother is 22 years old. 
this was like his calling from the moment he was born. If he mm -hmm. could be in a machine. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> like getting dirty and dirt mulch, whatever it was like, it was for him. And growing up, like we used to joke, like I had absolute no interest. I was like, give it all to him. If that's what he wants, all his. And now it's the both of us, which is, it's fun. My brother and I growing up were really close because it was like, this is all we had. My parents worked a lot. Um, obviously for a reason they were trying to grow this company to put food on the table um so my brother and i are super close because of that and it's fun now kind of watching him grow obviously getting a little more mature he's running or helping run um our utility division where we do some concrete um and he really likes that and i think we really make a good team i'm not really into equipment and things like that. And that's like totally his, mm -hmm. that's his, his go-to. Like if he could be in a machine, that's all for him. So um, I think we kind of level each other out. I'll take care of the inside. He can help with the outside. Obviously we have other players in the game, but it's nice to be able to kind of do this with my brother. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so I have a lot of questions about business and I want to really just get into that big time, but um, just before I do that real quick, I want to talk a little bit about personal. Just what do you what do you like to do outside of um, outside of work? Uh, I, th I think you have a little four legged cre creature that, I, <laughs> yeah. that you can tell us about. And then you also like to uh, shoot down to Florida frequently. So what's up with that? Yeah, my dad literally thinks that Massachusetts and Disney World are the only places on the map. <laughs> so <laughs> we grew up going to Disney World or, or Florida like every year that was like the time that we could actually be a family, like for two weeks out of the year. So I kind of took that as I grew up and now me and my dad both have this like love for Disney world and honestly like their detail and their business plan and stuff. So we go there a lot to, you know, spend some time together. Um, I really like to travel, even though I go to the same places, everyone says like, you just go to Disney world in Austin doesn't matter. I love those two places. You go to um, all those crazy music festivals, like out in the yeah. desert and stuff. Like, like I go to Coachella. That's, that's a cool thing. <laughs> but yeah, I really like to travel. So if I'm not working, I'm probably not here. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. what about your furry friend? Tell us about him. Dozy. Dozy. Whoa. Dozer. Yeah. He's um, Dozer. a French bulldog. That's he's awesome. three years old and he's still in that puppy stage. I don't think he'll ever leave it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll never forget sitting on your couch and seeing Dozer like him and I locked eyes and he like launched into my face like from oh, like yeah. 15 feet away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I caught him like a football. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a projectile coming at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. <He's> crazy. <laughs> all right. So tell let's talk about Garrick Santo a little bit. First of all, uh Garrick Santo. What what tell us about the name? So when my dad was doing this in high school, just mowing lawns, um, he was trying to come up with a name and my grandfather, he, he thought he was going to go into business with his brother, Gary. Um, so my grandfather came up with the name Garrick. And so that kind of stuck. My uncle does not work with us. Um, probably better that way sometimes it's, but he's doing great, um, with his construction company, um, in 2000, my dad had required um, Santo brothers and they were outside of um, Malden where our first shop was. And um, Rob Santo came along with that. And he's a part of our team. He's like uh, the head sales 
manager, mm-hmm. VIP sales, and he's been with us for 20 years. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, you mentioned Steven Santo. So how do, how are yeah. they related? So Steven is Rob's nephew. And the um, family. He, yeah. There's a lot of family ties around mm-hmm. here. It's kind of hard to keep up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell us about the business. Like how, what's the, what's the size, like in terms of revenue or trucks or people? And love to hear also about like your customers. What kind of customers are you focused on? Yeah. Um, so we're, we're still kind of small. Um, we're, uh, I think between like 5 million in revenue, um, are, we're mostly focused on maintenance enhancements and construction. We're kind of a mix of everything. Um, we kind of have, we have this joke that if our customer asks us to do it. We'll probably do it. Uh, we'll figure it out somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, our customer mix is, uh, like 60% commercial and 40% residential. We have at the high season, close to 50, it's like 45 to 48 um, employees. Uh, We have our main location, which is in Wilmington, and then a satellite location, which is in Malden, where they had first started. Um, But we mostly just run a couple maintenance crews out of there throughout the year. And then all of our snow operations is out of there as well. Just north north of Boston proper. Yeah. So we kind of cover everything from like Boston north and west. Yeah, and and not in a huge area, uh, which I think yeah. is smart because if you've ever been to Boston, the traffic there is insane. Awful. So, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget. You know, I was I was <laughs> on the GPS. I was probably three miles from the shop. I was I, I was trying to get over there for a, an early meeting, and I was stuck in traffic. And so I called your dad, and I'm like, I'm stuck in traffic. It's not moving. He goes, Where are you? And I told him where I was, and he goes, Yeah, I'll see you in about two hours. I'm like, yeah. like, no, I'm like five miles from your, sh-. he goes, no, I'll see you in two hours. And it was yeah, two hours. Bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. With with all of things happening with the pandemic, the traffic has kind of slowed down because so many people are working from home, but it's still tough. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about, uh, so you mentioned LMN, what other, uh, what, what, what other technologies or, uh, systems are you guys using? Uh, that's kind of like the main one. Um, obviously we have like a GPS system that we use. I know that, um, some designers use some type of, um, CAD program. I don't exactly know the name. For accounting Um, using QuickBooks? Yes. Accountings Mm -hmm. with QuickBooks, um, desktop. We don't use online yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's really it. And we're doing a lot of collaboration, all of our budgeting in Google Drive, which is cool, mm-hmm. using Sheets. And because um, so the protections are really awesome and everything auto mm-hmm. p- updates. So we've built linked, um, you know, budgeting tools that we can share with different people with different types of information. That's been really cool. Yeah, it's been helpful. Yeah, great. Um when it comes to snow, since we're on the Snow Fighters Institute podcast here, <laughs> is the snow more residential or is it more commercial or is it still a mix? So it's all commercial. We have four uh, residential clients and it's because they're older and they've been with us for a really long time. One actually says that when we when we decide to stop doing his snow, he's going to sell his house. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> nice. So we, we keep him on because it's fairly easy. Yeah. 
And then do you do the most of that snow work in-house or are you subcontracting or is that a mix um, as well? That's a mix. Um, obviously with uh, the labor shortage, it's hard to do everything yourself. So we do have a lot of subcontractors. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to like the seasonal versus per occurrence contract mix, what does that look like? Um, mostly per occurrence. Uh, we do have a few contracts. I would like it if we could get a couple more. Um, but it seems like ever since we've really started having the conversation of getting more seasonal contracts, like every year we add a couple. So I'm, I'm thinking that in the future, over the next couple years, it's going to be more of a mix. Yeah. And you guys do H2B as well. So for someone who's not familiar with that, tell us what that is. Um, So H2B program is when you um, apply for visas for someone um, in other countries to come and work for you for a certain number of months. We don't have it for the snow time. We solely have it for um, the maintenance season, which is April to December. Uh, We have about it's anywhere over the last couple of years, it's ranged. Um, but we have anywhere between 12 and 20, um, come through, uh, El Salvador and Guatemala. Those are the two areas that we've, um, used before. We've also over the years have made connections with people. So a lot of people ask to bring, you know, their, their family members and things like that. So we just try to keep it to those two places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they're not around for the winter. Um, no. You have a smaller staff in the winter. You're subcontracting. But yeah. um, what are you doing to keep your staff engaged during the winter, especially in between storms? Yeah, I, that's really hard, uh, I think. But I think we've done a pretty good job. Um, when it comes to the winter, um, we keep, if obviously a lot of people do lay off their employees and people go on unemployment, but we try to give them at least minimal, minimal hours um, so that they can get ready for the maintenance season, whether it's to like painting their trucks or fixing equipment, servicing stuff. They do all that throughout the storms. Since we're in the area that we are, we do a lot of saltings. Um, It's usually pretty wet and icy. Um, So they're kind of, they're getting called in a lot. Um, to keep them coming in though, uh, that's difficult, but you know, we just try to make sure that they're fully equipped with the uniforms of working in snow, whether it's extra socks, extra gloves, that's there at the office, snacks, some food when they come back at the end. Um, a couple of the managers, if they're down at the shop, they'll clean off the guy's cars while they're out in the storm so that they don't have to do it when they come back. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of, uh, you know, de-icing events. Boston's a weird market because you get the all the moisture coming up from the ocean. Uh, sometimes the weather comes reverse, comes like, you know, east to west, mm-hmm. or, you know, coming off the ocean. I've seen that happen. And I was just looking at some of the stats, you know, before our call here. And, um, you know, I mean, the range is pretty incredible. Like, yeah. And even in the last, what, 10 years, there's been one winter was five inches and there was another one that was 95 inches. Like that's a big range. Yeah. You'll literally never know up here. <laughs> that's a huge, and I know you've had like that, the freak 30 incher, you know what, like five years ago. <laughs> well, yeah. And even last year at our, where our um, shop was in Malden, there was barely any snow, maybe three inches. You go out to our shop in Wilmington, which isn't even 15 miles. It was 22 inches. Yeah, It was crazy. Just the band. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never know. 
Yeah, cool. Um, you've also been pretty involved in the industry um, in terms of, you know, going to lots of different types of conferences and, uh-huh. um, you know, other people's facilities. What are what are some of the things that really stood out to you that you'd like to share with people about those things? Um, well, I really like uh, like trade shows and conferences. I think I, it's a nice moment to get away. Uh, not be in like your own facility and learn about other people and their businesses. I really like that. Um, I would like to, as I keep learning and as I'm here more, uh, get involved with associations and getting certifications, but that's something that I'm currently working on. Um, yeah. What's as far as um, some of the site visits that you've done, What are, what's one that really stood out to you? Um, the, which site visit? Uh, the Marty Grunder uh, at Grunder Landscaping in Ohio. I've gone to a couple of his, um, the Grow uh, mm-hmm. conferences. Yep. Uh, they're literally one of my favorites. Very I well attended. So much. Yeah. They're really, really awesome. Um, they are kind of heavy focused on financials, and that's where my interest is. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. I learn a lot from it. Um, and even going out to his um, shop in Ohio, I mean, he's so organized and he's just awesome. So that was really cool to go out and see. Mm-hmm. You also had a chance to go down to the loving group, right? What was that yes. all about? Yeah, that one's that is interesting. It is crazy to see how like they really get their people to like be fully involved at all levels. It is like the coolest thing ever. And they are, it's like a young company. It's like the owner, um, he is awesome too. They have really great like marketing inside. That, like that's where they put all their marketing is inside for their people. Like it's hmm. just so cool. I, Steven and I went and we had like no words. Like we couldn't even describe it. It was just like something we've never seen before. That culture is so powerful. Yeah. So, so how do you... As a 27-year-old, how do you go to something like that and then take ideas home and implement them in your family business? Yeah, uh, it's hard. Um, I will say once Stephen and I went, we were like, how? Just how? How can we do that? And so for us, it's a, it's a work in progress. Obviously, we have a smaller group, and it's of all ages, all different generations. Um, so, you know, we really just try to, like, make it that each person can really feel like that they're wanted here like that's the most important thing is that that they're wanted that they're cared for um my mom actually had saw a um an ad somewhere and in the ad for their benefits was 24 hour like service from the company and you know what that's what we really try and like promote like if any of our employees ever need anything they can call any of us at any time and like, we'll be there for them. Yeah. You guys have a really good culture, but it's cool Mm -hmm. to go see other companies and kind of some of the things they do. And even if it takes a while to incorporate some of those ideas or, you know, you know, maybe, maybe some of those things won't be able to be fully incorporated until you have control over the company, whenever that is, but, but it, but you have a vision of where you want to take the company. And I think that's really, I give you a lot of credit for, you know, I know you like to travel, but so <laughs> it probably wasn't a burden, but you know, I give yeah. you, I give you a lot of credit for going to those events and, and 
yeah taking things out of them that you want to do with with your company and mm-hmm. i think it's cool it's what nice about, to see an outside perspective yeah for sure what about when it comes to like some things that maybe you're challenged by or things that your decisions you're trying to make like talk to us a little bit about some of the difficulties that you're running into you know with your business or with transition kind of wherever okay. you want to take that so um obviously like as our business as a whole i think this goes for anybody recruiting is the hardest thing Mm -hmm. um i think you had mentioned it in a call that we had that it's this is when the baby boomers are now starting to retire so like this is just the beginning of it um but you know you just have to try and as a team come up with better ways to recruit the best recruiting literally comes from within your team so we try to have a lot of conversations with um our employees about, you know, getting their friends or maybe if they know somebody to come here. But like I said, that's a work in progress. As for transition, that's a challenge in itself. Um, I know that both of my parents, as well as um, Rob Santo, like they have so much knowledge. They've been doing this for so long. And I am a millennial. I think things should happen overnight. Like <laughs> I, yeah, it's a lot. And um the challenge of the transition of maybe not being where I want to be yet. But I also have to realize that like, I have a long ways to go. I've been doing this for four or five years. They've been doing it for 40. Mm -hmm. What's been helpful in the transition? Uh, So we have, we're a part of a peer group that is hosted by you, Phil. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's cool to talk to some other companies who are kind of going through that same process. Um, it's nice to know that maybe some of the things that I'm feeling, they're also feeling as well. So like it's normal. Um, And then also what's been helpful is that my parents are Mm open-minded. Like my dad, I think he's ready to start his retirement. He's been saying that he's partially retired for the last like five years now. (laughs) Um, He just wants to go to Florida. Yeah. He just literally wants to go and hang out there (laughs) in the sun, but He's pretty open-minded. It's definitely taken a lot um, to get him there. I will say that without the peer group and honestly, without you kind of starting that conversation of transition, we probably would just be in the same place we were before. Mm -hmm. We would just go about our day-to-day and not really talk about transition. But now it's definitely more of a conversation that we're we're constantly having. Yeah, good. Not just me, but with other people. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. What, so when it comes to that, like what, what advice do you have for other people who are, you know, your age and, um, you know, mom and dad are still hanging around and like, how do you, how do you start that conversation? Um, be patient. (laughs) I, that is something that I'm constantly working on. Uh, I thought I would be a millionaire by 25 and here I am 27, not near there, but you know, if you just set realistic goals and like that they can all work out for you. And I think if you're just patient, it's hard for these first generation or even second generation people to, to move on. Like this was their life for so long. Mm -hmm. And even though they're maybe ready to like retire or, you know, take some more time off, like this is still like their baby. This is something that they created and they're really proud of it, even though it was really hard. So it is kind of hard to let go of that as well. Um, but it just takes time. Yeah. 
No, that's good advice. So I know you're you're still kind of in the beginning chapter of your career in some respects, but um, what are you proud of so far? Um, so even though in college I didn't know this is what I wanted to do, um, I am really proud that I was able to use what I learned in college and kind of implemented it into our company and kind of saw maybe some issues and kind of use what I learned in school to solve them. And I'm really, really proud of myself for implementing LMN. We were on another software that was great for the growth of where it is, but it just wasn't going to help us any further. Um, and that was a really big challenge was to really start LMN and Im- implement it. And I'm happy that we're finally on it. Mm hmm. I think you might have answered my next question because I was going to ask you if there was a big challenge that you had to overcome uh, that you'd like to tell us about. So unless you had another answer to that question. Um, I think that I, I actually I talk about it a lot with my younger brother. Um, he's still he's still working through that. I think that people taking us seriously because we are family of mm-hmm. the owners like that's really, really hard. Um, but it really just comes within, it really comes within you. Like if you don't respect these people, you don't show that you care for them and you don't show that like, you're just as hardworking to like help them help their families, then they'll never respect you. And so it took a long time for me to get people to take me seriously. But like I said, at the beginning, like I, I did that to myself. I came in here and I was just dancing around all the time and I was goofy and like, Mm -hmm that's what I had to change about myself to kind of get people to take me seriously on top of not having any um, experience in the landscape industry. It's like I had a double go ahead, but right. um, yeah, I think I'm in a good place now and hopefully I hope, I hope people think I'm in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, cause people have that perception of the second generation that, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, everything's handed to them. It's easy and they're entitled and everything. And, and, you know, so you, you, you're, you're fight, you're always facing an uphill battle when it comes to that perception. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, like you said, just being, um, mindful, um, of your role and your place, like, mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you are going to end up taking over this business. There's no doubt about it. So, um, but to have people supporting you, you know, that you have to earn that. Yeah. And you earn it by, you can still be goofy and you can still dance around, but you know, (laughs) but, but when people realize, Hey, you're, you're going to, this is going to be successful under your regime, under the the next generation. And, um, you're going to take care of them and you're, you're doing the right thing and you're going to improve culture and put in systems and software. And th- those are all positive things. Yeah. And then, and then you build that, that you build your own following, you know, yeah. aside from your parents. So, um, yeah, I think we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Well, Kim, is there anything else you wanted to chat with me about or, or share with our listeners before I let you go? No, I think we're good. And if I guess if you're a part of the next generation, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard, but we got it. (laughs) Well, Kim, thank you very much. I, you know, we'll obviously we're in touch because we worked we work together. But um, you know, I just really appreciate you uh, taking time out and sharing your thoughts with our listeners. 
Thank you for uh, having me. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving since Thanksgiving's next week. You as well. Take care, Kim. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Snowfighters Institute podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, become a subscriber today so you won't miss any future episodes. And don't forget to check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Now go forth.